Heyo! Welcome to Build to Be You. My name is Michaela, and I am so pumped that you're here. I made this podcast so you can uncover what it means to be you and learn how you can fully step into your potential while trying to navigate your 20s, overcoming previous failures, learning to face your fears, dance with your emotions, and take messy action in order to build and become the best you. You can expect a little bit of mixed up love and a whole lot of real talk. But let me just say, this journey is so much more fun with a bestie. So buckle up and let's do it together. Welcome to this week's podcast guest interview where we are shifting the conversation around the word stress. This week's guest, Lindsay, is a occupational therapist turned stress and mindset coach for women. And she is somebody who really shares vulnerably her story about rock bottom in 2017. We talk about good stress, bad stress, how to normalize that stress is going to be in your everyday life, but then also how to action plan to navigate that stress. And, you know, kind of shifting yourself out of this state of denial of how did I get here to really taking ownership of how am I going to make a game plan to get to where I'm going. I know that you are going to find the information in this episode as valuable as I did because even after we got done recording, Lindsay had me thinking about the areas in my life where I kind of catastrophize stress and really, you know, kind of calling me out on how to make my life more intentional and productive rather than just always being busy and kind of seeing how that lies parallel to the stressors that I do have in my life. Welcome, Lindsay, to Built to Be You. I'm so excited to have you here. Can you share a little bit about you, who you are, what you do, or just Lindsay in a nutshell? Sure. I am, again, so happy to be here too. I am... I am an occupational therapist, so I'm in healthcare and I'm also a mindset and stress coach. Um, I became a certified health and wellness coach and niche down to be a mindset and stress coach because when I was working in healthcare full time, I was like, oh man, there's a huge, huge mental and emotional health component that wasn't being addressed. So yeah, that's like what re-energized me to niche down and then create my business Embody You LLC where I work with women to essentially overcome chronic stress um, so that they can confidently and successfully show up in their lives how they want and intend to, to manage their schedule, time, and energy. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's like, that's (laughs) That's like such a little, yeah, it's like a little (laughs) nutshell, but I mean, it's the goods. Like that is just such a blanket statement. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what everyone comes to me for. So it's like, we are all living in this crazy chaotic world. And so I think a lot of times it does take someone else and another perspective, right. To just kind of be like, all right, what, how can we shift? What can we do? Absolutely. And my built to be community is going to love you. I myself <laughs> am a nurse, so I'm in the healthcare field. A lot of my listeners are, you know, if they're not nurses, they're somewhere in the healthcare field or they're a woman who's just like really busy, feel like they have a lot of stress on their plate. They have big goals, big ambitions, but usually the most common denominator of roadblocks is themselves when it comes to managing the things that you just shared, you know, stress, enjoyment, fulfillment, you know, time management, all of those things. So I'm so excited to pick your brain today (laughs) and I'm, I know you kind of touched on it, but maybe take us back to Lindsay as you maybe was like, where in your occupational therapy or throughout your career, did you find yourself in this like area where like, wow, there's a really big gap or a really big need here. Was it through personal experience? Was it through your coworkers? Kind of where did that start? So, you know, I, when I first got out and finished my master's program, 
I was just like head in the game, was ready to and willing to do literally anything and everything anyone asked of me, right? Because you're just like a sponge and you're soaking up all the experience you possibly can. So probably it took me about a year into my career, a year or two. And I started just being like, I remember actually one of um, my management, like one of the companies that I work for, the management company basically said to me, like, that's not what we're focusing on here. And when I was basically talking about like all these other areas that this patient was dealing with, and I was like, wait, what do you mean? (laughs) Like, (laughs) these are, these are why she is this way. And, Mm -hmm. and he basically just said like, you are a rehab professional. You're focusing on physical rehab, even though I'm an occupational therapist, but like the physical nature of rehabbing someone. Absolutely. And I was like, ouch, you know, (laughs) because I mean, he's right. Like that, that wasn't false information. And so the next few years, honestly, it took me a few years to get to this point where I was, I was dealing with my own burnout. Um, in 2017, I I had like a very rock bottom. Um, I'll give you a personal personal take really quick, but rock bottom where I had been dealing with years of chronic stress as well because I didn't really know what that looked like, and I didn't know I didn't I wasn't able to pinpoint because I lived a very happy life. I had supportive people in my life. I had no idea of how stress it truly was. So I hit rock bottom in 2017 and suffered from burnout. I um, ended up having a lot of medical things pop up. I developed generalized anxiety. I developed insomnia for an entire year. I um, had high blood pressure. And I mean, that high blood pressure persisted for years after I even controlled my stress. Mm -hmm. So that is actually the big, the big reason of how this all truly came to be. So I think it was probably a blend of personal and professional experience where I was like, no one's treating the whole person mm-hmm. at all. Right. Yeah. I I love that. Thank you for sharing your personal story, because I think that that just kind of puts things in perspective of like, you know, you can have it all on paper, you can be happy, you can have the good support system and the paying job and all of those things. But if you're not putting yourself at the center of everything that you do and taking care of you, then, you know, the cookie starts to crumble eventually. And in your case, you know, that rock bottom comes and, you know, I know me and you were people who want to help and see others succeed. So like, I'm sure you have a very similar mission. Like you don't want people to get to that rock bottom before they come to you, before they start to realize, you know, what is actually going on. So let's talk like high level overview of stress. You know, what is stress? Where do we encounter stress? And maybe talk a little bit about the impact that it has on the body in terms of the things that you personally experienced. Of course. So stress at baseline, I just want to point this out to everyone, like stress is normal. (laughs) It is a normal occurrence in everyday life for all of us. So I feel like people, it's like taboo, right? You hear, you say I'm stressed, but it's like, yes, but we all, we all to some degree are, but there's a really fine line that you have to walk in order to cross that barrier into true distress and chronic stress. So stress occurs from thought, from a negative circumstance. There is both, I know we talked about this briefly, but positive and negative stress, like the you stress, the positive stress actually is a lot of times more motivating, right? So things like a wedding or a pregnancy or, you know, impending birth and um, a promotion at your job. But then that stress goes away when the stressor or whatever is causing you that you stress is gone. 
Now, negative stress actually does impede into your life and how you're living your daily life. It affects not just how you're feeling, like your emotions, it it can start to affect your body systems and your organs. And I know one of the things you just said was like, how does it affect your body? Well, it actually affects your every aspect to your body. Like every organ system can truly be impacted in a, in a negative way. And, you know, I know I personally talked about my situation where my cardiovascular system was truly impacted. You know, my, I had a, an elevated resting heart rate. Um, I lived in a sustained fight or flight response. And so I think that's really what it comes down to is, you know, when we talk about stress, it's, and it being normally occurring, it's important for us because it helps us cope with difficulty or scary, threatening situations. I'm sure you've heard that the bear in the woods, right? Like we need to be able to act and fight or flight. And so our body systems, our organs, you know, it dumps out these, um, the cortisol, the adrenaline are like stress hormones that are essential for us to be able to respond and react. But what happens when people live in chronic stress is that fight or flight response, you're essentially seeing that bear in the woods on repeat every minute of every day. Mm-hmm. And that all that does is wear and tear on all of your body systems, on all of your organs. And so things start happening like tension headaches, um, cardiovascular risk, you know, your higher risk of stroke and heart attack, you know, missed menstrual cycles, um, anxiety, depression, all these horrific things, loss of appetite, like weight loss, weight gain, you know, it's just, it's truly crazy. And it, and it does impact everyone in a different way, but essentially it can impact, impact every little tiny aspect to your body and your body systems. Yes. And I love that. And I think about the woman who's listening right now, who's like, oh my gosh, like I miss periods or I have some other slew of, you know, the things that you just kind of rattled off. And I'm curious, did you notice like the elevated heart rate and your other like presenting symptoms, if you will, on your own, or did somebody else like point them out? Like, how did you kind of start to navigate? Like something's not right here. What is it? Like, how did you pinpoint that? That's a really, really good question. Um, because I think looking back, I, I do know now like that flutter, I was having that flutter that my, my heart rate just being completely up, my chest would be tight. And I remember thinking, oh, I've just got a lot going on right now, but my chest would be tight at 8 PM when I'm just chilling (laughs) on the couch, you know? And so I remember thinking that that was basically probably the only indicator for me was the chest tightness and the flutter. Um, what ended up happening in 2017, when I say rock bottom, I mean, rock bottom, I ended up, my vestibular system, um, got all messed up and I was at work and I think it was just like a moment, you know, everyone's stress can break them. I'm putting quotation marks for the listeners so they can hear me, see this and hear this, but I consider that day rock bottom because I was walking with a patient and I had like true loss of balance where I just started cutting corners constantly a little short. I felt off balance. I didn't know what was happening. And it was just like a horrible situation because I was like, I can't do my job physically. Mm -hmm. And it persisted for a month, but it was to the point where I thought something was going on in my brain. You know, like Mm -hmm. I went, I went dark. Yeah. 
So that, and that, in that personal circumstance, I had a doctor come in to literally like break it down for me and was like, this can happen because of stress. Right. And of course I was like, you are kidding me. He's like, you need a therapist stat. <laughs> you need some type of intervention. Yeah. How did it do you, like, can you take us back to that day? Like, how did it feel like once you realized kind of like what was going on? Like, you know, this isn't some like medical problem. I'm not like broken. I'm not flawed. This is like a result of stress built up over time. Like kind of walk okay. us through that process. <laughs> um, I was mad. I was like a very, I was very angry. I was in definitely a period of denial. You know, it's so funny when I look back and I'm saying these words, cause that just doesn't really align with my personality at all. But I mean, it was, it was bad. Like I was like, how did, how did I get here? You know, just a lot of guilt, a lot of like, how can I not handle myself? Like, why is this happening? A lot of like, why, why, why me poor pitiful me. And I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, negating my feelings there, but that is, those were the narratives that I had going on in my head. And I remember looking at the doctor cause he was like the most unfriendly doctor also. And, and he was like, you, I'm not going to prescribe you or do anything until you um, go see a cognitive behavioral therapist. And I had never gone to therapy at that point. Granted, I'm now in, I'm still with the same therapist that I since 2017 and love her. Think therapy is wonderful. So anyone listening, even if you don't think you need it, you probably do and have no idea. Absolutely. Um, but I am sitting there looking at him and I was like, like challenging him, like, tell me, tell me I'm messed up, you know? <laughs> And so that's kind of where I was. And it took me a while. It actually took me a little bit to break down those walls and be more accepting to where I was at because I had never experienced anything like that. Obviously, this is why this is so near and dear to my heart because I don't want anyone to ever have to go through a situation like I did. Right. Absolutely. And you know, I think that's kind of like an initial reaction for most people is like, they can think of an experience in their life where like they were told one thing and they're like, no way, like that yeah. same like challenge. Like I'm going to stare you in your eyes. You're wrong. Something's not right here. Like, you're going to tell me it's a joke and slap your knee in just a minute. <laughs> and then it never yeah. comes. And then it's like, okay, now I have to face reality and I have to unpack <laughs> everything that's led up to this moment. So kind of what did that unpacking look like for you? And how were you able to determine, I guess, maybe like your good versus your chronic stress and like, where were your stressors at? You know, were they personally, professionally, like a little bit of everywhere? Um, Cause I think a lot of times, especially the listener who's listening, it's like, I mean, I have a lot of really good things in my life. Things aren't that bad. You know, I like my job's okay. My life's okay. Um, and I think they just get stuck in that motion of things are okay. So it must be normal. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. What did that look like for you? So I definitely was like that too, for the listeners out there, you know, I, and I think that kind of goes back to, I, I actually talk about this on my social media all the time, just because you look okay and appear okay. doesn't mean that you are, um, you know, we, we let people see what we want them to see. And I think that's a really, really important point. And, um, for me, I really think that I just struggled. I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know how to put into words really like where I was personally at. What do you think if your listeners are listening actually, which they are right now, what is their number one struggle when they're at in that point? So that I can answer this in the most concise way. Do you think? 
I think trying to connect like feelings to reality of like, this is what's going on in my external environment. This is kind of what I'm feeling here in my, like, my heart. Okay. How do the two like coincide? Does that make sense? Yes. I, yes. And no, because it's like, this is so multifaceted, right? Cause it's like, I know what was going on for me was very personal and very real at the moment, but I also didn't because I don't, it's like, I still was like not thinking it was there and that it was really affecting me in that way. And so I think the biggest, the biggest lesson I have, if you're at that point where you're like, am I really that stressed? Like, I don't actually know. I would start taking inventory about kind of how you spend your time. The things that um, you're struggling with currently, I always say, pick out your number one top stress struggle. And then what is a trigger with that? Like what causes that to happen and be a part of you? Um, And I think at the end of the day, like everyone reacts very differently to stress. I think that's why I really started getting into coaching because you know, it's not a one size fits all method. And just because my story might, it probably does align with a lot of the listeners, especially in healthcare, Mm -hmm. because I'm a chronic empathic person. And I think Mm -hmm. most people in healthcare that go into healthcare as a helping professional are, Mm -hmm. at least I like to think so. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing with that is that could have led me to that point of chronic stress is I didn't have any boundaries for myself. I had zero boundaries for myself. I had zero boundaries for other people. I was a chronic yeser to everyone. I didn't prioritize really important things like sleep and like um, managing my relationships because I did have a lot of personal tumultuous things going on from like in my family that I was just carrying the burden. I was always seen as the peacemaker and the peacekeeper, but that actually ended up being more harmful to me because I, I wasn't really in a place to be that for everyone else when I was dealing with my own stuff. Yes. And that that's like, I think that really is like perfect for the listener because I think about, you know, even healthcare, like professionals in general, get into the field, new grad nurses, you know, new nurses in general want to hit the ground running kind of like you, you know, I want to absorb everything. I want to be everything. I want to learn everything. I want to take care of everybody else but then it's kind of like your own self gets put on the back burner. So that's definitely like kind of the direction that I was going is like you identifying what were the stressors in your life. And for you, it was, you know, being empathetic, taking on everything for everybody else. And I think a lot of times people have a hard time distinguishing like that you stress from that negative stress. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, this event or this thing or this experience caused me to feel some type of way, but I'm not really sure. Was it positive or was it negative and what's going to be kind of the impact on that? So how do you, once you encounter a stressor and like, you're kind of going through those feelings, manage that stress either in the short term or the long term? So now at this point, I have created things like I always call my stress management toolbox that I have made my for myself and personalized to me. But depending on what I'm dealing with, I always look at like, let's say being a business owner, that's been something that's been very prevalent for me, that type of stress of owning your own business in the past two years and you being the one person, cause it's just, you're, it's, it's not like I have other people here with me. And so that 
I remember talking to my husband about this and he was like, you seem stressed. Like, are you sure this is good? Are you like, and I'm like, you know what I'm, I have fully embraced temporary stress. This is good stress for me. Like this, I have, I see there's going to be an end to this when I hit this date, when I X this off my list. And so I've become extremely, extremely intentional. And that's what I teach with all my clients is like how to become that. And I think that's a huge thing because I can sit here all day and tell you all kinds of stress management tools that are heavily researched and that a lot of people do, but what it really comes down to is being able to check in with yourself. And so the listeners that are listening, when you feel that pang of like chest tightness, I would be like, I would immediately just kind of stop and be like, and this is how I live my life now and be like, okay. I felt that. What was that? Like, where did that come from? And instead of being traumatized by those feelings, being curious. So allowing yourself to live alongside the stress or the anxiety or whatever is coming up for you, instead of just being like pushing things away and pushing it down, because that's, I think what I did. And that's how it came out in all those rearing their, all those ugly heads and turning into something bigger because I wasn't allowing it it to sit with me at the table. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. No, I love that. And really ultimately like just like creating awareness around your environment and the way that you're feeling and like the interactions that you're having. And I really love like the curiosity approach of like, what is this telling me? You know, what am I feeling? And I think about the woman who's listening, who's like, dang it. I just wanted like something like a check mark off my box, you know, like do X, Y, Z technique. And I love that you put the ball back in their court because I think that that's really important to be able to learn and kind of create that trust with yourself that you are going to take care of you and that you're going to take the time to slow down and be like, okay. And for your example, like, is this stress positive right now? Like, is this the kind of stress that one day I like once upon a time I dreamed of having, like I dreamed of having my business and all of the success or new grad nurse dreamed of being in the new grad role, you know? So like those stressors can be good, but kind of like you said, are they going to be around forever? (laughs) Or is there kind of like an end or like an exit for them eventually? Right. It's like kind of looking at the big picture, right? That's you're altering, which alter is one of the four A's of stress prevention. So it's like altering your perspective and your expectation can be extremely helpful. So like radically accepting, this is where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Where do I want to be? And what do I need to do in order to get there? Now, for the listener, like you just mentioned, if she wants to check a box, (laughs) I will definitely say there are foundational things that I will tell every single client of mine. And I will share with any single, every single woman I encounter is breath work. And that doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Again, it can literally be taking three juicy deep breaths through your nose for two seconds and a juicy exhale for four seconds. Mm -hmm. It can do it for three seconds and then out for um, six seconds, you know? So the reason I say breath work is because it's actually proven the parasympathetic nervous system is a fully engaged when you're doing that. And that is what calms your nervous system. It is proven. And I have seen that when I was going, um, through my, when I had to constantly check for my blood pressure, when I was trying to wean off the medicine and be back to normal and just holistically managing, I even noticed that like, it's so obvious if I take a few deep breaths in the doctor's office and they check it again, I'm so much better, you know, it's so much lower. And, um, 
I think it's hard to do breath work only because people think it either one doesn't work, isn't worth it, or two, they're too busy. They just think like, I don't have time for that. It's like, it's you breathe every freaking second. (laughs) So I promise you do have time for it. If you just elongate it a little bit and, um, also it's, it can be done anywhere at any time. And I think that's why I just constantly, I lean on that one the most for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think meditation and mindfulness is also huge, but I know that when you hear that, and if you're listening and you hear that and you see, you feel the little woo woo coming in, like mm-hmm. it's not, it doesn't have to be. That's why I, all my programs are built on mindful living principles, but they're not teaching necessarily mindfulness. Mm-hmm. So Though there's so many different ways you could approach that. And obviously like exercise and mindful movement. And if you are an anxious listener right now and you're like, yes, I like to exercise. That's one of the things that's what I hear out to do all the time for stress relieving principles and properties. And here's the thing I feel about this. If I personally am super stressed and my chest is tight, And I feel like I can't even get a breath in before my chest is going to burst wide open. Probably not the best idea for me to do an intense HIIT workout, right? Like that's probably going to push me over the edge or make me more stressed and anxious in the moment. Yes, it's going to be good for my cardiovascular system, of course. And I definitely think you should be doing that style of working out, but maybe not in that moment. So then again, tuning into your body saying, what do I need right now? And that might be as Zen yoga flow, you know? Yeah, no, I love that. And it's like the simple question of what do I need right now that can drastically shift your state of being into like being somewhere that you need to be rather than like somewhere you're forcing yourself to be. Right. Right. And I was thinking about, um, just like the breath work and that's actually something I've shifted in my practice as a bedside nurse this year is like, and something I work a lot with my clients on, like when you're washing your hands, you wash your hands, how many times throughout your day? Just add in a couple of big, deep breaths right there. And there you go. You know? So like, I think about, you know, anybody in healthcare, like all day long, you're like pinging back and forth to task, to task, to task. And so it's like, you want me to add another thing into my life? It's like, yeah, habit stack, you know, you're, you're oh, washing your hands. Say that. I'm like, you're literally talking about habit stacking. <laughs> yeah. You're washing your hands already. Take a couple of big, deep breaths. You know, you're pulling back from the Pixis, take a couple of deep breaths, you know? So like there's things that people do throughout their day that they like, I feel like just try to overcomplicate something that's so simple and so easy to do, but also super easy not to do. If you don't have like the awareness and the intention, then it's probably not going to happen, but. Right. And that's the thing. That's why stress tools are important to be personalized because Mm -hmm. if I'm telling you to do this, Michaela, and you're like, well, I'm not interested in that. And I'm like, okay, well you could try, like if you were open, I would push a little, if you weren't, okay, we're going to try something different because Mm -hmm. I don't want you to just not try anything and not do anything. Yeah. But it's kind of like, not like discounted before you try it, you know, like everybody gets like in their head about like, Oh, it's woo woo like meditation, mindfulness. Like, you know, it's become like, I don't want to say taboo in the social media world, but kind of taboo, you know, it's like people create this like sacred oasis serenity suite in the corner of their house. And it's like, well, if you don't have that, you can still create that awareness and bring mindfulness into your practice without having a whole room designated to it. Right. I tell people, (laughs) I have told people, um, to even go on a walk, like a mindfulness walk. And people are like, what does that even look like? And I'm like, you know what I do? I like to have markers. I mean, like in my visual markers. And so I'll be like, 
Before I get to the next block, I'm going to look around and just observe, you know, observe what I'm hearing, seeing, feeling, you know, obviously mindfulness is rooted in non-judgment and just being aware, um, not analytical. And so I will do that for the, until I get to the next block. And then I will walk freely without thinking about being mindful at all for the next two blocks. Then for the next block, I will go back to the mindfulness principle. And so people are like, why are you doing that though? (laughs) And I'm like, no, you don't get it because do, do you necessarily have to do that all the time? No, but it helps you become more presently aware in other aspects at other times in your life and in your day. Mm-hmm. Like you start tuning in easier. You're never going to know how to do it if you don't try to do it in some form or fashion. Right. Yeah. And I think about, you know, we've just become so engaged and so engulfed with like our phone screens and conversations and to-do lists that it's like, we all need more of that in our life. <laughs> right. Like more awareness, more intention. And like it could completely shift your entire day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about the woman who's listening who is like, no, nah, I'm just like already so busy. Like I have so many things going on. Like let's talk a little bit about like busy versus overwhelmed versus like, are you actually busy? <laughs> Yes. Oh, I love this one. I don't, uh, honestly, I just posted about this on my Instagram because I'm like, let's talk about the difference between being busy versus being productive. Mm -hmm. Um, because busyness truly, and this, this sometimes is unpopular opinion, but sometimes people think like being busy is fueled by a little bit of perfectionism, a lot of comparison, um, a lot of competition because it's like, it's like when you say, how are you? And someone says, oh, I'm really busy. And you immediately have this little thing of like, well, am I too busy? Am I still busy? Am I busy? Like she is, you know, what is she doing that I'm not doing? If I don't say I'm busy, am I missing something? And again, that's the hustle culture mindset that we're in. And that's just a part of the society we're in. So what it really is all about though, is when being busy is not the end all be all. You're actually potentially working really hard and not accomplishing what you're trying to accomplish, or maybe not accomplishing the things the way you want to be accomplishing. So what I like to tell people is like, think about it as being productive because that's really the sweet spot, right? Because you're essentially working smarter, not harder. And it's fueled by purpose and intention. So I think that in like, People that are productive, they're prioritizing what's important. They're thinking about like what truly needs to get done right now. And I'm going to do everything in my power to get that done in this timeline. They are protecting their boundaries. They are setting intentions daily that are realistic. Mm, Like, I mean, I'm one today. I made a to-do list and I hate it because I was (laughs) like, I'm... I will be fully transparent, like to-do lists are the bane of my existence, but I have been trying to set like intentions, but I have a lot of stuff that I have to get done the next two days before I go away. So it did become a to-do list. And again, it was a little unrealistic for everything that I had planned today. And I'm aware. So I'm like, okay, Lindsay, that was your bad. However, there are plenty of people that don't get their to-do list marked off and feel defeated and feel then unmotivated. And now they're stuck. And you went from being busy to being productive to now doing absolutely nothing and feeling like a failure. Right. And so 
that those types of, if you, if you are feeling very seen <laughs> right now, when I'm saying this, <laughs> Called I'm out. Sorry. I am sorry, <laughs> but, and you're not alone. Like, I will be very honest. You're not alone in that. That's how many of us work r- right now. And we're always r- rushing the clock. And so what it's all about is just being strategic in the way you go about your day, mm-hmm. having routines that set you up. Um, one of my favorite things to talk about for people is truly like strategically time chunking or time blocking. Mm-hmm. And that can make you an extremely productive person because you're not dealing with the distractions. You're utilizing do not disturb if you need to. You're setting aside time to check your email and social media. And this is a hard thing for people to do. So it's not like this just happens overnight, but it can make you an extremely productive person versus just a busy person. Because of course, I'm going to feel busy if I'm trying to write some content and develop my program, yet I'm checking my phone and now responding to an Instagram message. Oh, and now my mom's calling me and I forgot to tell her I'm coming home this week. You know, of course I'm going to feel busy. (laughs) Yeah. Like chaotic. Absolutely. And so I think that that is really important because if you don't keep those types of um, practices very near and dear to you, you, your stress can then lead to overwhelm. And overwhelm is a dark place that's hard, harder to come back from. I would consider overwhelm kind of like rock bottom mm-hmm. because stress is something that we're all having difficulty coping with, but there's a reason for it. Overwhelm to me is, is what can happen when you don't actually ever manage your stress, your chronic stress. And then you're stuck in this place. You went from like, level five to level zero real quick. And now you don't even know how to get to level two. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that you kind of distinguish the two of those and, um, circling back to what you were saying about the busy versus productive. I feel like the feeling viscerally sits different too, right? You know, you think about like the days when you like explain the scenario that you were in. And like, I think about a listener who's like trying to do dishes and take care of their kid and like meal prep and like do all these things. And you're like, you know, flinging your arms around (laughs) trying to do everything versus like when you are intentional about the time that you spend on even just one task and be like, okay, I have 30 minutes to do the laundry and the dishes. Can I do it? Um, and I always kind of like play like a game with myself. I'm like, set a timer for 30 minutes. Can I do it? And I usually do it in less time than I actually thought that it would take. So it's kind of like carving out that time and setting that intention in your day beforehand. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Um, and then going into like the busy or the overwhelm versus stress. When you think about overwhelm, you kind of said like, it's something that you're at already at rock bottom. So if somebody's kind of flinging the word overwhelm around in their life right now, like I feel like it's like kind of like a go-to phrase. It's like, Oh, how are you doing? It's like, Oh, I'm just so overwhelmed. So like, maybe what is that feeling or what's like a better way to explain that feeling without kind of giving that negative connotation to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Because when I hear people use, cause the term overwhelm is actually the state of being, it's like, it's like the, the noun of being overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. It's like the position and the emotional turmoil, that paralyzing feeling of not being able to come up from this. Now, when people say overwhelmed, I wish they would just say stressed because I think that's actually what they mean. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason for that is when I approach people and they're like, I'm so overwhelmed. And maybe you listening are feeling like I'm so overwhelmed. But what I really think that you're saying is I'm being pulled in so many different directions. And I have so many different roles and responsibilities that are just too much. And I feel stuck. You, maybe you feel a little paralyzed, but you're actually not because you're still going to be able to manage in some way. Mm-hmm. But people that are truly dealing with overwhelm are actually stuck and they actually are paralyzed. And there are terms, hopelessness and helplessness that are usually associated. Yes. And I almost think of kind of like catastrophizing reality. It's like, is it as bad yes. as you're leading it on to be, which like, don't discount your feelings. Don't, don't discount like what you have going on in your life, but also kind of like reality check yourself of like, am I making this more stressful or like more unnecessarily stressful than it needs to be? (laughs) That's actually, I love that you said that because, so when I first started this business, I actually always said I help women with overcoming chronic stress, but I changed it to unnecessary stress for exactly the reason you just said, because most people just need to rewrite and redo their relationship with stress and need to actually figure out the things that they can control versus the things that they cannot. Because most people are trying to control literally so many things that aren't necessary because it, it doesn't matter. You can't control these factors. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's funny. That was one of the things like I was taking, you know, starting our conversation that I wrote at the very beginning is like changing the conversation around the word stress. And like, mm-hmm. because you're like, I feel like your body starts to believe whatever thoughts are racing through your mind. So if you're like running through this list of all the things that are going wrong and all the reasons we're stressed and overwhelmed and all these things, it's like, of course, you're going to feel like your heart pounding out of your chest and, you know, overwhelmed versus if you kind of shift that narrative and start to kind of change the thought patterns, I guess, if that makes sense. Totally. I, I definitely agree. Um, most of my pro the way I start with people is working on their mindset. And that's exactly what we were talking about is Mm -hmm. rewriting the narrative. And Mm -hmm. it's super important because we all are going off of our limiting beliefs that have held us back and protected us and kept us safe at one point in time, but maybe aren't serving us anymore. And that's hard to change. That's years of narratives and thought patterns that have been there without us even maybe even realizing it. Yeah. And I think that's like such like a beautiful kind of like tie everything up in a perfect little bow is that like you're unpacking years of learned behavior experiences. And so it's not realistic to be like, oh, all of my stress is going to be gone tomorrow. Like, (laughs) you know, it, it takes time and it takes dedication and intention. So if there was one golden nugget that you could leave, like, what would it be to kind of wrap all this together about stress? So the advice that I would leave you with to a place to start, if you're listening and you're like, I need somewhere to start, give me one thing. Mm -hmm. I would say first become crystal clear about what your number one stress stressor is what you're dealing with right now. And number two, take it one day at a time by just thinking about one thing that you can either change or add in this next week. I think the really, the big thing that people do is they get stuck on trying to do everything at the same time. Mm -hmm. So for me, like when I was dealing with insomnia and I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about my stress because I was so worried about my sleep. Right. And even though they're related, (laughs) And 
I remember thinking like, I wasn't exercising as much because I wasn't sleeping because I didn't have enough energy. And I was like, I need to be exercising like right before bed. I need to be doing this. I need to be eating this and I need to be prioritizing sleep hygiene. And I remember thinking like, I am setting myself up for failure. Yeah, absolutely. I need to focus maybe this week on going to bed at the consistent bedtime. And then maybe next week I'll tackle um, one other thing that I can lead to that's going to help with my energy. You know, so, but first becoming crystal clear about what it is that is causing you the most stress right now. And then coming up with one small little action you can do throughout the next week. And then don't add on anything until you are really good with that new change. Yeah. I love that. And that's so like tangible and realistic Mm -hmm. for anybody who's listening. I don't care how quote unquote busy you are, you know, it's just one simple, small shift that can make a huge difference. And again, it's like unpacking years of learnings and behaviors and work. So, you know, giving yourself time and grace that it's gonna, you know, it's gonna take time to shift and evolve. And I think you're a testament of that, you know, like I'm sure that you're like, you're still in therapy, you're still doing the work, you're Mm -hmm. still figuring out how to be a better version of yourself. So I think that perspective sometimes is powerful to hold on to, to realize it's not like a overnight fix. It's like, you gotta be in it for the long haul. Right. Yeah. Healing's not linear. And I think the Mm -hmm. second you realize that and aren't threatened by that, it makes all the difference in the world to know you are going to have quote unquote bad days, but I promise you, you're going to have a heck of a lot of good days too. And those are the ones you want to keep your focus and attention on. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Well, Lindsay, where can we connect with you after this episode is over? So I am most active on Instagram. So you could follow me and it's at embody, E-M-B-O-D-Y and it's two underscores. And then you, so embody underscore underscore you, Y-O-U. Um, I also have a website, www.embodyu.us. And yeah, that's where you can find me. I um, If you felt aligned with anything, I have my signature program is Living Limitless Academy. And it is all about rooted and mindful and intentional living practices so that you can actually rid unnecessary stress and manage your mindset in the way to achieve all your goals. So um, feel free to head to my Instagram and I have, um, you can connect with me in the DMS or apply at the link in my bio. Awesome. Sweet. I will make sure that they have access to all of that in the show notes. And thank you again so much for coming on today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. Absolutely. Before you go, I just wanted to let you know that I am so dang grateful that we are now on this journey through uncovering what it means to be you together. If you love this episode, make sure you share it with your friend or better yet, share it on social media and tag me so that way I know. Until next time, chat soon. Chat soon.